PCA Conversations with Black Voices. This is Between the Pew. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. AAM exists to provide ways to support, mentor, and mobilize African Americans within the PCA. What's up, Black people? Hello, hello, and welcome to Between the Pew. Today, we are joined by our sister, Kim Entz. Yeah, Kim is a member of Grace Mosaic Church, uh, PCA, in Washington, D.C., and she also studied to become a licensed counselor. I didn't know that, Kim. I'm in the process. I'm in the process. Oh, so you're studying to become a licensed counselor. Okay, Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. good. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, y'all, my name is Kelly Brown, and I am joined today by my co-host, Janelle Chavis. Hey, everybody. And we're just going to dig right in and hear from our sister, Kim, today. All right. Excited to have you. Kim, tell us, just just give us a little profile, who you are, where you came from, where you come from, where your people at, what you do. <laughs> <laughs> give us <the> background. <laughs> well, just let me say thank you for inviting me. I'm, um, Welcome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm honored to be a guest here. Well, I'm originally from Brooklyn, New York. Um, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. My husband, Erwin, you all know Erwin Itz. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been married almost 29 years. Wow. Next Woo! Month. My right. Lord, have mercy. The so blood of Jesus is real. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we have four children. Um, mm-hmm. And we have a daughter-in-law. So I say we have five children. That's now. right. Oh, wow. yes. That's right. Yes. Jelani's yes. pride. Yeah. And so they live in Chicago. Nabil, our second son, lives in St. Louis. Zakia is back home with us. And Jeremiah, our 16-year-old, lives here with us. Oh, gosh. And Yes. Jeremiah's 16 now? 16. Facial hair. Mm. Uh-uh. Right, Janelle? <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That happened over COVID. I was about to say, before COVID, I don't remember seeing facial hair. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. COVID has a number on us all, I tell you. Yes, (laughs) Yes, he's growing up. Um, I would say I've been a believer. I didn't get saved until in my Mm. mid-20s. And so, um, got saved in a Baptist church, Black Baptist Church, historically Black Baptist Church here in uh, Washington, D.C., New Bethlehem Baptist Church. Okay. Uh, Walter Fontroy was the pastor at the time, and he knew Martin Luther King Jr. He was Martin Luther King Jr. um, contact in Washington, D.C. So that that church has a lot of history. Wow. That church has a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah. Loved, loved, loved that church. Um, So... Yeah, until my husband started listening to R.C. Sproul. <laughs> yeah, go what, R.C. Sproul. Is that what happened? Yes. So I listened to R.C. Sproul and started getting reformed and thinking about so, ministry. Mm-hmm. 
when did that happen? So you guys had already, y'all, you were, y'all got married. When did y'all get married? Yeah, we got married in 1992. We were not believers when we got married. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of us came to Christ when we um, moved to Maryland in 1995 and went to New Bethel Baptist Church. Okay. Okay. So y'all remembers there together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we went there like, because we thought that would be a good place to meet people. We didn't know anybody in Maryland when we moved from New York to Maryland. And so, and my cousin, a faithful member there. Okay. Um, and so we were like, well, we might as well just go and mm-hmm. meet people. You know, we had Jelani at the time, young married couple, one child. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we What was that to- church like? What was it? Oh, wow. yeah. It was typical Black Baptist church. Yeah. Yes, honey. You know, typical no, you know, people, you know, just standing, raising their hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just a typical, that was just a typical Black Baptist church. Mm-hmm. Call and response, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, choir, um, ushers walking down the aisle to take the offering, you know. And then step- <laughs> With one hand behind the back, yep. maybe? <laughs> one hand behind <laughs> the back. And white gloves. And white, white gloves. gloves and their white mm-hmm. um, attire. That was first black. Sunday. First yeah. Sunday. Yeah, you don't even remember. Yeah, they had different colors different Sundays right mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I just remember I used to love watching them walk down the aisle mm-hmm. um and so um yeah so we got saved about the same time as, oh we started attending a young adult bible study okay and we would just reading through Genesis hmm. and the Lord just captured our hearts and that happened for you at the same time about the same time yeah I would say really? got baptized really? Yeah. Um, about the in same that church. time in that church in the pool got dumped ah, yes. the baptismal pool yes. um, and we just started serving I mean God mm-hmm. just grabbed us and we just started serving mm-hmm. the church young adult choir um, yeah 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 and just yeah we just started serving uh, vacation so, so bible school Erwin mm-hmm. came across R.C. Sproul and what and what was that like for you to to hear from him? Because I'm 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 guessing maybe, and you can correct correct me if I'm wrong, it, that mm-hmm. he he was coming back to you, telling you what he he had read. Like, what was your? How are you taking that? Um, to be honest, I was probably like, okay, yeah, whatever. I was listening to Charles Stanley. Ah, mm-hmm. right. And so for me, that was where I grew spiritually. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, he was listening to her and I was like, okay, that's fine. I remember one time I heard him, I was like, man, this is a dry, he's so dry. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I listening to well. this all the time. He is so <laughs> dry. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but we never really got into conversation about what that meant, mm. you know, like ref- what reformed meant. Mm-hmm. at that time because right. um, he was in seminary um, and I was still at home taking care of the kids so didn't really talk about it much how long were y'all at your black church before he started listening to R.C. Sproul uh, I would say maybe three or four years okay so y'all's foundation was good and solid in the Baptist yes. church. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Like, mm-hmm. we went to church maybe on Easter, maybe on Mother's Day. My only experience at church was my mom's parents' church, and they were Church of God in Christ. 
Okay. So very legalistic. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. um, hellfire brimstone. Yeah. If you didn't get mm-hmm. saved in their church, you weren't saved. Mm. That's right. That's and true. so I remember consciously thinking to myself, if this is what God is like, I don't want any parts of God because it was mm. just so no grace. I heard no grace. There was no mm. grace. Yeah. It was just. And you had to do all these things, you know, women, no pants, no pants, no makeup. Mm-hmm. Everyone wore shirts down to here. They didn't believe in doctors. Um, yeah. All of that. Like, I was yeah. just like, this is. That's a lot. It's right. a lot. It's and I was, no, I was like, forget it. So <laughs> when I went, so when I started going to New Bethel, the first thing I noticed was that, wow, they're wearing pants. Women are wearing pants. They're wearing mm-hmm. makeup. They're wearing mm-hmm. jewelry. And it looks like these people are genuinely happy. <laughs> <laughs> they look like Christians to me. They look like, like oh, this is different. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so from there, he starts talking about R.C. Sproul. You're mm-hmm. listening to Charles Stanley. Do you mm-hmm. remember the moment that sort of made you kind of perk up and and think well maybe there is something to this reform yes. stuff when he was talking looking for seminaries he was looking for reform seminaries and that's when people were telling him to get in contact with kevin smith y'all know kevin smith mm-hmm. oh yeah right at the time he passed at a church in um, Bowie, maryland mm-hmm. um and so he did and they started talking and then you know we started talking about leaving our baptist church because even though it was great for us, we mm-hmm. weren't growing. The The preaching wasn't, there was no depth to okay. it. Okay. Um, we weren't sure from Sunday to Sunday what we would get. We would get a Bible message or we would get a political message. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I was Charles Stanley. He was R.C. Sproul. So we were kind of getting fed like that. But mm-hmm. we felt like we need to get to a church that was going to feed us little bit more meat mm-hmm. biblically speaking and then um yeah he found kevin and then we were talking and it was like okay we think we should move over here to this church now think about this i want y'all to think about this visually mm-hmm. traditional black baptist church oregon mm-hmm. you know the whole you know baptismal pull up you know the whole choir and robes choir and robes all mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. And we're going to a church plant in Bowie, Maryland, that meets in a school cafetorium. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, um, that's crazy. That's culture shock. Yeah, culture shock. Tell us um, more about that. What was that church like? How many? How many were? It's a church plant, so there. Has it was to- a church plant, so I don't know. Maybe it's about forty to fifty mm-hmm. people. But Kevin and Sandy took us in like mm-hmm. when we t- when I talk about soft land, we had soft landing in the PCA because mm. my first experience of a PCA pastor was black. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, as I was thinking about this, I really don't have any experience, PCA experiences with white pastors. Mm-hmm. The only time I have is was a, a brief time when Irwin co-planted City of Hope. Mm-hmm. He was a white pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole other story. But it, it um, 
that was my only experience. Yeah. And so yeah. even with that, Irwin was preaching a lot. You know, it wasn't like um, the other guy was, you know, front and center all the time. Mm-hmm. So like I hear, I hear other people's experiences and I'm like, man, we really soft, yeah, mm-hmm. very soft landing into the yeah. PCA and yeah. Kevin and Sandy just loved on us. Yeah. Um, brought us in, showed us the good, the bad, the ugly of pastoral mm-hmm. life, you know, what it means to be a pastor and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me coming into the PCA wasn't really traumatic my trauma was when Irwin became a pastor. <laughs> okay. Well, that was my trauma. So the goal was when Irwin came to Mount Zion, well, the idea was he would be, he was a pastoral intern. And as far as we knew, you know, he would go through that process. And then once he finished, he would be like, you know, Kevin's assistant pastor, associate pastor. And then, you know, the two of them would grow Mount Zion together. And that was the dream. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And Lord, you know, Kevin felt called elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, he felt comfortable to leave Mount Zion because Irwin was there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now Irwin is now in charge. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that was hard for me because relationships changed. Oh man. um, And there was a point in time where Irwin had to decide whether or not he was, you know, the church was going to stay there. He was going to move it to Columbia and that caused a whole other ruckus. And so it was just the, the dynamics of my relationships with the women there changed. Mm -hmm. And that was, yeah, that was traumatic for me. Plus I didn't want my husband being a pastor. I just didn't want him being a pastor. I didn't consider myself pastor's wife mm-hmm. material. Okay. Um, if that's a thing, I it thought ain't. it was a thing back then. Now I know I it's not a though. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I just, you know, I'm not an out front person. I like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. And my biggest fear was the kids falling through the cracks. That was yeah. like my biggest, biggest fear that. Yeah. Um, they would fall through the cracks and grow to resent the church. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was, I would say, the hardest. That was the, we had a real valley in our relationship, marital speaking, marriage wise. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a really a tough, 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 tough time. Mm. Um, How exactly did, um, and share, of course, as much as you you want to share or not mm-hmm. share, but when you said there, your relationship with the women in the church changed, Mm-hmm. why was that and and how did it change um I think because when he started talking about um combining Mount Zion with this other church in Columbia mm-hmm. people really didn't like that mm-hmm. and so like I remember like walking up to a table at fellowship time and just you know you sense when people stop talking oh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you approach Oh, yeah. And that mm-hmm. was like when I realized, oh, mm, things are different. different now. Yeah. My husband's the pastor and he's talking about doing this crazy thing mm-hmm. and combining with this other church in Columbia. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so and even when he did that, that was a whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. planting with this white guy. 
Yeah. Oh, um. uh, oh the sigh you just <laughs> took. I wish y'all could see the sigh. Right. If we could caption that sigh, just Ooh. put it into words. <laughs> that was traumatic. Oh man. That yeah. was traumatic. Mm-hmm. So Kim, uh, how uh-huh. did how did you cope when with all of this? difficulty of having a husband who said he was going to do one thing when y'all got married and all of a sudden he's doing pastoral ministry Mm -hmm. and he's doing it in this foreign denomination Mm -hmm. and and all the plans that looked like they were going one way have Mm -hmm. gone the opposite way and you're worried about your kids and your marriage is struggling and Mm -hmm. you are not what you think is the image of the perfect pastor's wife how did Mm -hmm. you cope um I didn't cope well at first. Mm-hmm. Um, we had bought, we had just bought a house and I did a lot of painting. Okay. Just painting. That was therapy. That was your therapy. That was therapy. <laughs> therapy. Um, but I joined, you ever heard of Bible study fellowship? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard oh, of yeah. that? Yes. Big in Charlotte. Yeah. I joined that and mm-hmm. that was my lifeline mm-hmm. because I was able just to be Kim. Like no one had to know that my husband was a pastor, unless I decided to say, yeah. right. and I was just another woman wanting to grow deeper in God's word. That mm-hmm. was the lifeline. So I came in on Matthew, studying the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where God just had to reassure me that he loved me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really felt that like he, I just, I don't know, it's hard to describe, but maybe just like a tender hand on my shoulder. Mm. like I love you I haven't abandoned you Mm. you know you're still loved because I really believe that God abandoned me and didn't love me because why was he doing this like God you know I don't want to be a pastor's wife like why are you doing this (laughs) yeah um and then the next study was the book of Moses was the life of Moses and that's where he said okay now that you know that I love you now you have to understand that I'm in charge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Right. And if I'm in charge, then you, you have to trust, trust me. me. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so those two studies, and then, you know, I continued in Bible study fellowship for like four or five years, you know, ended up being like on the administrative team and all that for a while. No one at church knew I went. Oh, oh I did wow. not. Cause Did I felt like it was mine. Like it was yeah. my uh-huh. space. Your safe space. Yeah. You didn't want them coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eventually towards the end, I did start telling, you know, some ladies at the church um, that I went there, but like for the first, I would say three or four years, I did not tell anyone. Mm. Well, I think that's really important because I know as a pastor's wife, there are all of these categories and checklists that we put on ourselves, but mm-hmm. also what people put on us. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. And, and, and the hardship is when you try to shake off the ones that the people have for you, you can create more, yes. you know, conflict and everybody feels like you belong to them yes. because their your, your husband is their pastor. So right. automatically they get open access to you and that you guys are the same and that his mm. reactions are your reactions and and that you whatever expression you have has been vetted or cleared by him right you know mm. 
And so I, I think it's really interesting. And we talk about, about safe spaces for Black folks and predominantly white spaces. Yes. But I think safe spaces for wherever you feel like you might be marginalized is important. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it sounds like Bible study fellowship was your safe space. Yes. Yeah. It was my safe space. That was my first safe space. Mm-hmm. And then my second safe, safe space was Parakaleo. Okay. Really? Yeah. What's so, about that? Yeah, I didn't know that you were involved in that. <laughs> yeah, I was involved in that for a little while. You know Maria Garriott? Uh-huh. That's not I Maria. Um, she uh, started Paracaleo in Baltimore. They lived in Baltimore. Her and um, her husband, Craig, mm-hmm. uh, okay. founded... Um, Faith oh, Christian Fellowship. Yes, Faith Christian Fellowship. Mm-hmm. White couple in the hood. Mm. Started this church. Um, but she you know, had a paracaleo group and I started going there. Okay. Now I will say, um, I, because I trusted her, mm-hmm. I read her book, a thousand resurrections mm. and very vulnerable book. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, if she can be that vulnerable in a book where she doesn't know who's going to be reading this, mm-hmm. then I felt like I could trust her. And okay. so I started going. So, but of course, Lord you know, have mercy. I'm the only, I'm me and maybe one other. Mm. Um, but I was the only like regular one to okay. come. Yeah. Um, Kim, what but, year is that? Oh gosh, man. Let me see. Uh, maybe 2009, 2008, okay. 2009, 2010. Okay. Okay. Um, I just remember, cause I remember we were walking through college searches for Jelani and all that. So that's uh, how I date that. So it was about that time. Mm-hmm. So nothing, I mean, not, it's not like it's now, right? I'm sure there were racial things happening during that time, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. at least I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, I don't think social media was as big as it is mm-hmm. now, right? right? Um, so I really didn't feel... I didn't feel marginalized in that group because okay. okay. we were all pastors' wives, and gotcha. so for me, it was refreshing mm-hmm. to be open and honest, and to know that there were other women going through something similar that mm-hmm. I was going through, and I didn't feel crazy. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. it's, even with elders' wives, it's not the same. It, mm-hmm. No, it ain't. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not, not, it's not the same. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was my safe space. That's Mm -hmm. good. That's Um, good. So you, you mentioned race a little bit. So was there ever a point within your church where you really felt the fact that you were a minority within your, within your church? Oh yeah. All the time. Because just because Irvin was a black, just because he was a black pastor, Mm -hmm. the church felt white. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just felt white. What's the makeup like there? Um, are you talking this is city of hope yeah Mm -hmm. that pastor Irwin planted yeah Mm -hmm. with the with the white co-pastor yeah Mm -hmm. okay yeah was he was it a co-situation or was uh, was Irwin the lead pastor how did they categorize it you know PCA you're not supposed to have co-pastors technically that's what Irwin told tells me yeah Uh, but back then especially yeah yeah so it was kind of co-pastor, I, I guess you would say. Okay. okay. Um, but I'm going to be honest. That guy, I think he was just using 
he wanted to use Irwin because he was a black guy to say that he mm. wanted to plant this multicultural church. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife adopted two black children. So, you know, the idea of a multicultural church, right? Because you have black children. Yeah. Right. And so for a long time, Irwin was bivocational. Mm. Okay. Because the church, remember, this is a church plant. So they couldn't right. afford to pay okay. both of them full time. So, because Irwin still, you know, had was very still much an engineer, he was able to be bivocational while the okay. other guy was being paid fully by the church. Mm. But it got, but it got okay. to be untenable. <laughs> it got to be untenable for Irwin, right? Because mm. it was getting to be too much. Yeah. And so, an impasse had come. So, I went through this whole big thing. Eventually, the guy left. It was decided that the, the white guy should step aside and leave okay. and allow Irwin to be. So that was a whole other fallout. Uh, right? Because you know, people that adored him. Sure. Yeah. And so sure. eventually it the dust settled. People left. People joined. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know how that goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so but the church to me still felt white. Yeah. Because what does that a, mean? The, the worship, I mean, we tried to, like, I went to a number of um, music, you know, New City used to give these music conferences, yeah mm-hmm. right? Went to a number of those, tried to incorporate, and a couple of people from the church were on board with it, tried to incorporate different styles mm-hmm. of music. <sighs> but when you don't think music is an important part of the worship right when you don't want to put money towards that Mm -hmm. when you think that people internally can step up and just do the music yep when you have people trying to play black gospel music on a guitar oh Mm -hmm. god no (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) no sir Well, and that's a culture class. I mean, that is mm-hmm. really that's that's white folks thinking that they know, and they don't value the black church experience enough mm-hmm. to put the money behind it and hire the people and buy the instruments and the sound system and make it palatable to gain the talent to sing the songs that we used to sing in to make a multi ethnic church feel multi ethnic and not just white. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. So for, <laughs> for Nabil was, Nabil and this other guy that we hired, those two were our main go-to piano keyboard. Oh, was Nabil? He was like six. No, he was younger than that. He started playing for City of Folk when he was like maybe 14. Wow. Um, so when he left to go to college, my heart hurt. Oh man, y'all My felt it in hurt. service <laughs> because that means we were down to one mm. keyboardist that could mm. play gospel music. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I told Erwin this: just because you have different hues in the pews doesn't mean that you're a multicultural church. Mm. Different hues in the pews. I like Come that. On, sis. I like that mm-hmm. too. <laughs> Where can we put that? We're gonna find a spot. We're gonna find a spot. And we're gonna give you props. Oh, yeah, we'll quote you for sure. Yeah. I mean, right? Because just because you have different people in the pews, it doesn't mean you're a multi ethnic church. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Grace Mosaic to me, 
feels more like a black church, even though I think, Janelle, you can correct me. I think the majority of people that go to Grace Mosaic are white. Oh, yeah, for sure. But to me, it feels close as close to the black church experience that I have experienced since New Bethel. Right. And that's from the leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And being intentional about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we yeah. sing gospel music all the time. Yeah. But it's yeah. just even a certain way that you play that other, the Stuff. other type of music. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. And there is there is a, a, a encouragement of the intentionality of wanting yes. to play certain types of music in the church. And and uh, yeah, I definitely think there's there's a push to make it feel more comfortable for for black members. I think every multicultural mm-hmm. church in the PCA has a way to go. You know, like they're oh, not, yeah. they, have, they haven't arrived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah. You can you can tell the difference between the different types of multicultural churches in the PCA, which yep. ones are actually making being intentional about mm-hmm. making the black people feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I've just noticed that white people, they just like you said, Kelly, they don't want to some they don't want to be humble and say, you know, I really don't know. Mm. Right. Or could you let me and I'm not saying I'm not broad brushing. I'm just saying that the people that a few people that I had to deal with there, it's just about, you know, playing this, finding gospel songs and playing it the way I know how to play it mm-hmm. versus finding gospel songs and realizing, oh, you know what? Guitar really probably won't work here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just do vocals. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll just sing instead right. of trying to play the guitar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's honoring the tradition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So City of Folk felt like a white church. But mm-hmm. even, you know, God brought some young um, Ghanaians there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Togo. So they, they been really became my tribe. And they oh. were younger. They were like in their 20s. Okay. Um, and so they really became, you know, we would have them over. Mm-hmm. Um, we did pre-marriage counseling with a couple couples there. Um, so they really became my tribe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now how long were you guys there? How long was Erwin serving? Oh, let's see. Uh, we left in 2017 and he started it in maybe 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Okay. 97. A pretty long stint. Yeah. 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you miss it? No. <laughs> no hesitation. Heck to the no. To the no. To the no. Heck to the no. I know. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's no. right. So Kim, tell tell us a little bit about what, what your children were experiencing throughout all of this. Like how are they taking the PCA? How do they feel hmm. about it now? Speak a little bit about that. Uh, it's interesting because I really, they, I think they saw their father working hard and I don't think they saw people appreciating the work that he was doing. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, and so, but let me see. That, that's a good question. Cause we don't really talk much about it. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Zakia the other night and she was like, you know, that, that part of my life is like a blur. I really don't. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she bl- black, blocked it out. That's <laughs> a sign of trauma. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, because it was her, it was um, Nabil and myself, mm-hmm. praise team. Okay. You know, we would serve together on the praise team. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 
that's a lot of pressure for the young people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think they did it because they love their dad. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, but yeah, but I don't, I don't think they will be in a PCA church. Mm. Yeah. Um, and why yeah. is that? Just you, like I said, our PCA experience isn't the typical. Where are you going to find a, a PCA church that feels multi, really feels multicultural? Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a bubble right now where we are. I feel like I'm in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when the kids went to school, of course, Urban was trying to find a PCA church for them to go to, right? Mm-hmm. So Jelani went to Wake Forest. He ended up going to a small church plant that was passed by a white guy. I mean, loved him, but, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. still. Um, Nabil ended up at New City um, mm-hmm. in Chattanooga. Um, Zakia ended up at Progressive National in Chicago. She tried going to this multicultural church in Wheaton that wasn't too far from campus, but, mm-hmm. you know, it yeah. was, I mean... Thankfully, I, I think a, a African-American family kind of loved on her while she was at that multicultural church. Mm-hmm. But when she got a car, she started driving into Chicago and going to um, Dates, is his name? Yeah, um, Charlie Dates. Charlie Dates Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Jeremiah's right now. He just stuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's got to do it y'all <laughs> yeah but I mean I, he loves Grace Mosaic because he okay. loves Pastor, Pastor Russ and Pastor Joel mm-hmm. yeah you yeah know? that's probably a good match for him with Pastor Joel too with the musical yep. mm-hmm. you, have a, you have another burgeoning musician on your yeah. hands with Jeremiah mm-hmm. absolutely oh, wow yeah he's yeah. talented he's yeah. talented so thankfully yeah but Mm-hmm. When he goes, wherever he goes, let's be yeah. real. That's not unless he comes to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. He comes to Charlotte. We, we love that. Come Y'all on, got Charlotte. him. We yeah. got you, fam. We got you. <laughs> come to Charlotte. I tried to get Nabil to come to Charlotte. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but other than like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, are, uh, there aren't a not, lot of choices. Yeah. There aren't a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. And right now, as a mom. I'm like, I don't want my child traumatized. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting that, we, and I've talked about this before with my husband and others, is that, you know, the specific context that Black people in the PCA are in mm-hmm. really, really shapes whether or not they, they stay in the PCA. Yeah. You know? So if we were in a different context, I don't know, you know, I right. don't know if we'd stay. So yeah, yeah. it's, it's, and it's difficult because, you know, certain churches aren't available nationwide for mm-hmm. us to feel comfortable in. Yeah. And we're either stuck in our context or we move to another church that we feel is loving us well and yes, preaching the stuff from the pulpit and, you know, addressing our core cultural concerns. Yes, so. exactly. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so I just don't, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So sister Kim, Yes, Sister Kelly. (laughs) People, and you said you're not an upfront person. I'm not. And everybody knows your husband. Mm -hmm. 
like not just the black people, like the whole freaking denomination. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. got because, a whole book out. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the moderator of mm-hmm. General Assembly, True. which yes. means that he led the entire denomination mm-hmm. at that meeting in for a whole year, and he was the first black man to do mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and had that baton passed to him, what? No, he passed that to uh, Brother Alexander Jun, mm-hmm. being the first um, Korean to do that, which was um, also significant to see that leadership go from a black man to a Korean man. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, actually, it's the reverse. I was thinking I had it backwards. Yeah, yeah so, Alex was first. So Alex, Alex passed mm-hmm. it to Irwin. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was. I had fixed it. So. Knowing that everybody knows your husband, then he came out with the book, Beloved mm-hmm. Community, and um, ICCM, and all mm-hmm. the incredible things he's done. You know, how do you wrestle with, or are you comfortable with, mm-hmm. you know, how does it make you feel to have your husband be so known, um, you know, and you being a, a kind of a behind the scenes kind of person? Mm-hmm. Um, well, COVID has been nice. Can't <laughs> go <laughs> <laughs> oh, any place. Um, but to be honest, like I have my own lane that I'm in right now. These studies are kicking my butt. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to finish this time next year. Lord willing, I will be done. Okay. Lord willing, Lord willing. Lord willing. That's my plan. I hope it's God's plan too. <laughs> <laughs> they do gotta um, match up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm so busy trying to you know, and I work part-time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I just, mm-hmm. you just do you, I just do me. So you don't yeah. feel yeah. the, you don't feel the pressure or, or you, if you know, you know how to handle it, if it, if it comes. Yeah. The only yeah. time I felt a little bit of pressure was when at the last GA, uh, bef- I guess the one, right. I guess it was 2019. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, everyone knew, yeah. you know, him. And then, of course, oh, yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> was that stressful for you? A bit, but I'm like, okay, you know, you just smile and, you know, <laughs> move on or whatever. And, you know, people say, oh, you know, if he gave, if he spoke or whatever, oh, that was just such a blah, blah message or blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Like, praise God. Praise God. <laughs> I know that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, I think it's helpful for me because I have my own thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. So, how has, you know, you're in DC mm-hmm. the last three elections, mm-hmm. but, but, more specifically the last two mm-hmm. being right there in the hub of mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. where people fall out in lots of different areas yeah. of mm-hmm. belief politically and yes. that's conflated into um biblical belief mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know how how has that been for you watching the church respond to uh, to our past president and to this mm-hmm. current president? How? Huh. Well, um, I don't know if I'm, hmm, 
maybe God is just protecting me because mm. I haven't had anyone. I haven't had any conversations like where I would be like, oh, so that's what you think. Mm. Okay. That's how you feel. Right. I haven't really had any of those. Although okay. I know people are there, mm-hmm. have to be, mm-hmm. but I, I really haven't had any of those conversations. Mm. Um. And maybe that's his grace to me because I don't even know how I would respond. Because right now, ladies, I'm so over it. I am yeah. so over it. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't, and maybe me too, I'm not intentionally engaging. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to go up to someone and just say, oh, so what do you think? Mm-hmm. Because I just don't have mm-hmm. the bandwidth to try to, like, even hear that. I just... <laughs> right. So I generally communicate with people who I know mm-hmm. and who I've observed that I believe are pretty, we're pretty much on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've been keeping myself safe like that because yeah. all this other stuff and it doesn't help like y'all watch movies like uh, you know the Black Messiah mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know yeah. you watch movies like that you I listen to the urban view. Mm-hmm. I listen to the urban view. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I forget his name, the host, but I'm just, you know, yeah. I'm like, man, this is. Mm-hmm. I'm it's like, rough. it's rough. Yeah. yeah, it's rough. So I don't yeah. want to. I really don't have the time, all the energy to try mm-hmm. to engage with people. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you, um, you, you spoke earlier about how you feel like you're you're in this in this bubble mm-hmm. and you're in your space in your context. Do you ever think about the PCA as a whole, and do you feel, uh, or what are your thoughts on whether or not the PCA is moving towards racial unity and and and, and progress as it concerns racial unity? I guess they're making baby steps. I don't know. You mm-hmm. guys know that Irvin was, um, it's public knowledge now, you guys know that he was candidating for Covenant Seminary. I do. Oh. Cool. I was praying, but the Lord said different. So um, that's a case in point, right? Mm-hmm. Here yeah. was an opportunity to have a African-American man president of a major institution in the PCA. Wow. Right. That would have been. And you chose not to. Yeah. 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 What does that say? What does mm-hmm. that say? Right. Yeah. Especially someone as gifted mm-hmm. as he is. This it's is qualified. Like, like it's so right. Exactly. It's not like a standard had to be lowered. Right. You know? Right. Right. And so, so yeah, to have it, that opportunity. To have that opportunity. So what does that say? That says y'all are not, y'all want to want to keep it safe. You want to be safe. Oh, sure. He um he also was candidate, like this is before, right before we came to DC, he was candidating for this big church in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um senior <laughs> pastor there. Okay. Yep. Mm, I was praying for they, that one too. They decided no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they went with a safer choice. Not a white man, but a you know mm-hmm. a safer choice. Mm-hmm. So I really don't think 
it's like minuscule, like just very mm-hmm. small, very small, ones. small steps. Yeah, yeah. Very, just like very, like you're afraid. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in light of the small steps combined with, you know, like you said earlier, you don't, you're not really confident that any of your children will end up in the PCA. Mm-hmm. You know, aside from the fact that you're married to a man who is, you know, known in the nomination and you guys are, are at Grace Mosaic, why do you stay, Kim, in the PCA? Because mm. my husband's here. <laughs> and, and there you have it, folks. And there, but, but I have an issue with their structure. So you guys know that, like, as a pastor, they're not members of the church. Correct. Right? They're members of the Presbytery. They're members mm-hmm. of the Presbytery, but the family has to be members mm-hmm. of the church. I feel like that's just so disjointed. Mm. You're, you, you promote family unity, right? To Come me, on, in sis. some, mm-hmm. in a way, to me, you idolize family. That's a whole nother discussion. Come on, sis. Mm-hmm. What? Well, how are you going to have the husband be a member someplace else and have his wife and children be a member someplace else? Mm. So that if the husband has to leave under duress and his wife and children now have to leave under duress mm-hmm. and they find another church, you know, you can join a church. You need to get a letter, right? Technically, mm-hmm. you're supposed to get a letter to, to join. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Mm. that's under duress and now you're in a new church and now you have to get a letter saying that they were members in good standing or whatever Mm. but you left in duress right whereas the husband now was a member of the new presbytery but the wife and the kids are now have to get a letter from this other church that you left in duress Mm. i just don't understand like owen and i have this discussion and (laughs) we don't agree i just don't agree with it yeah, I just don't yeah. agree with it. I've it, never thought about it like that. Yeah, yeah. That's you know? an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Because when we joined Grace Mosaic, what did I have to do? I had to write City of Hope, the elders of City of Hope, and ask them. Well, your husband was a pastor. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's kind of bad. That's kind of bad. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Arsenio would say things that make you go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. yeah. And Kim, I know we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I, I'm curious, being a black woman, being black in the PCA is one thing, mm-hmm. but being a black woman, Lord, mm-hmm. Lord, mm-hmm. it's Lord, a whole Lord. nother ball game. Mm-hmm. I'm always, I'm always processing my my place in the PCA as a black woman and yeah. I have to, and I and I would I would guess that other black women are, are processing their their place in the PCA too how do you feel like do you feel accepted as a black woman in the PCA do you feel valued do you feel like there's a place for you do you feel like your voice is heard uh, speak on, on on being black hmm. as a woman in the PCA mm-hmm. Uh, that's an interesting question because when I when you ask me that question, I don't think PCA broadly. I think mm. in my context where right, I am, right. mm-hmm. um, and so in my context, I feel valued. Mm-hmm. You know where I am. Um, there are enough women of color in my context in my church in mm-hmm. our church in the broader Grace DC network 
where I don't feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that's not the case yeah. for a majority of our Black women in denomination. So again, I'm in a bubble. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm in a bubble. Um, but that's why LDR is so great, right? Mm-hmm. Because you get to meet other um, women of color from around um, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, here, I feel mm-hmm. valued. And it may be because I'm not the pastor's wife anymore. That's the other thing, too. I always filter that through that. That's a lens I just filter things through. Mm-hmm. And so when I was a pastor's wife, I didn't feel. Yeah, I was seen, I guess. But, you know, I didn't talk a lot. I don't think my voice was valued because um, mm-hmm. I always thought, oh, they would think she's just saying that because she's the pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um mm-hmm. Or so, you're going to say something and get your husband in trouble. Right. Exactly. Mm. You know. Um, so I guess in this, where I am in my context right now, yeah, I feel valued. Yeah, that's good. I feel that's like amazing. I'm seen. I feel like I'm seen. I feel like I'm heard. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, yeah, I don't know if I was in another context, if yeah. I'd be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up with you. We okay. sure appreciate it. Before we go, though, mm-hmm. I am just so glad that people will get to hear your story, mm-hmm. get to know you mm-hmm. um, as Kim and Thank not Erwin's wife. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Uh, we love Erwin, but, but you're your own person. You are your yes. own Thank person. you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and he's a lot of who he is because of you. Mm, amen no, yes mm, that's right you mm-hmm. know and and so we wanted to hear from you um any final thoughts how would you encourage other black women in the pca considering your whole experience yeah i would say try to find other black women yes um, try to find other black women get mm-hmm. connected to other black women mm-hmm. i think um that's the only way you're going to be able to survive. You need to be around other Black women and don't feel guilty about seeking that out. That's and right. don't let other people make you feel guilty yeah. about seeking that out. Yeah, yeah. so good. Um, good. It's important, especially in the climate we're in right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, so thank you for that wisdom. Thank you. Thank you, Bless ladies. You. This yeah. has been a great Mm-hmm. It has been. You. It's been fun. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's been good. <laughs> and thank you, Janelle. Yes. Happy to sit alongside you, Kelly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we make a good team. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys for joining us again for another episode of Between the Pew. Between the Pew is brought to you by African American Ministries. To follow AAM, be sure to visit our website at aampca.org and follow us on social media, y'all, at aampca. We on the Facebook, we on the gram. All of them. We on the Twitter, all of that. And uh, we'll check y'all next week. <laughs>